Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. I'm your host, Andrew Davidson, based in New York. And today on the pod, we are talking about the explosive growth of TikTok, the short form video social media platform. With over a billion users spread across the planet, TikTok has been the most downloaded app, at least in the United States, for the past few years, outperforming Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. The platform is particularly popular with Gen Z and millennials, but has attracted older users too. Not surprisingly, advertisers are finding ways to use the platform. What's fueling the rise? How is TikTok evolving? What does it mean for brands wondering how to get the most from TikTok or wondering whether they should be on it at all? Here to discuss all of this with me, I'm delighted to welcome three TikTok experts, Fiona O'Donnell and Marissa Fries from Chicago and Rebecca McGraw in London. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having us. Hi, thank you. Hi, everyone. All right. So please uh, introduce yourselves and tell us what role does TikTok play in your life? Well, hi, I'm Fiona O'Donnell, and I'm out of Chicago. I'm a senior director for tech and media and a few other lifestyles and consumer-related categories. Uh, what role does TikTok play in my life? Well, I'm Gen X, so I was a little later to the game and maybe not the key demographic, but I started getting on TikTok because I needed to research it for work. And now I have to control the urge to shut it down on occasion because <laughs> I've become quite the fan, and I... Um, I look at it through the lens of research and how is this having impact, but I cannot help myself. I'm also looking at cat videos and a bunch of other things that we don't need to discuss today. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm Mintel's Associate Director for Media and Technology, and I write the UK reports on a range of media topics, including uh, several on social media. TikTok in my life, I would say uh, yeah, I watch t- TikTok videos like everyone else and uh, enjoy it. I never post on TikTok. I'm not a TikTok poster. Um, uh, and But given that I've been doing this job for so long, I can't lie that I really do see it from an analytical point of view. Like I can't um, escape that thought process, I guess. <laughs> Great. Hi, everyone. My name is Marissa Prize, based in Chicago. I am a digital marketing analyst for Comfort Media. The role that TikTok plays in my life is that um, as a Gen Z, um, it has become a major form of entertainment for me. I'm an active user. Um, I love scrolling through TikTok, um, both like Fiona and Rebecca mentioned. Um, I also kind of look at it um, in an analytical kind of point of view, um, kind of studying the trends that are going on, how it's affecting um, society as a whole. Um, yeah, but I, I do enjoy using it as, as a form of entertainment and watching those um, never-ending funny videos. Welcome. Uh, welcome to you all. All right. So let's set the stage. Let's talk a little bit about the background of TikTok, where it came from, but also really what, what explains its explosive growth? Well, I can take that. I think to talk about the growth now, we can give a little bit of the history of it. I think everyone on the podcast knows that it's a Chinese-owned company. ByteDance is the owner of TikTok. In China, though, it's called Douyin. And so that was launched in 2016. Um, I'm not sure how it took off over in uh, Asia, but in the United States, we really didn't have on our radar until about 2018, 2019. And at that point, when we were conducting consumer research and looking at social media use, we only saw about 8% total of U.S. consumers uh, online who had used TikTok really at all. 
uh, over the last few years, that has really exploded. I know that there's been some discussion of maybe growth slowing down. But again, from U.S. statistics, uh, we saw that in May 2022, that was 29% of uh, social media users were on TikTok. And one month later, it was 32% in June. So we are still growing. Now, what's driving that growth? I know Andrew mentioned that uh, there's this, this is the app for the Gen Z. Absolutely. They have targeted that group of folks uh, with this short form video content that is so engaging and it's just fun to watch. But what makes it fun to watch? Um, I can't say that I understand their algorithm at all, but it is genius in my opinion, because even as an adult user who doesn't really get that engaged in social media for, on a personal level, I find myself looking at my watch and saying, I'm allowed to watch 10 more minutes. Okay, maybe 15. Okay, well, uh, maybe I you know do this at the same time. So they figured out a way to bring up new videos on what's called the For You page uh, that takes away all the work. I'm not having to look through my Netflix subscription and decide what I'm going to watch. It's just right there for me immediately to like or move on with. Um, I agree with you, Fiona. I think the algorithm has a major, takes major part into TikTok's success and growth. Um, what's so interesting about the algorithm that I found is that it does change based on your preferences and your basically like your current state of mind. It's, it's constantly updating. It's constantly changing based on how you interact with these videos, how long you watch a video, if you like it, um, if you comment on it, um, who you follow. Um, so it's it's very interesting that the algorithm and, and how it continuously engages people to continue to watch. Yeah, uh, I think from a European perspective, it's very much similar to the story in the US. Uh, I would definitely say the pandemic really set the scene for for it to explode the way it has. Uh, what is interesting, I'd say, in the UK, we've actually in the last six months though seen a flattening of sort of the, the trend in TikTok growth, and really, yeah, the usage has flattened around about uh, one in four people. Uh, and we're not seeing that kind of grow continue, which would suggest maybe it hasn't quite uh, convinced some older users here to sort of take it up or that it's a platform from there. So that's an interesting thing of where TikTok goes now to try and broaden that user base out from the Gen Z and the younger millennials who are certainly the, the core user base still. Mm. Well, well that's, uh, that's interesting. I mean, certainly TikTok, of course, has evolved. I mean, initially... Obviously, it, it kind of came from this app musically and it's sort of changed into this amazing sort of form of entertainment or platform for entertainment. Um, there was an article in the New York Times about TikTok increasingly being used as a search engine. Um, how, how is it evolving and, and how has it evolved? I mean, for me, the story, one of the most interesting aspects of TikTok and its evolution, its features is you know, the, the, the massive impact it's had on the social media landscape, the landscape of not just short video now being everywhere, uh, a, the algorithm, AI recommendations, as, as the others have talked about, uh, and then collaborative content, vertical video, these are all features that have all the others are now trying to, to get on top of. I think the idea of social media and search is such an interesting development and probably will be one of the key stories, media stories over the next few years. Because even Google admits now that 
they're seeing younger people uh, searching more and more via social media rather than um, their search engine. And we're seeing them have to adapt and they're trying to introduce a whole new range of features to get people back uh, searching in the traditional way. Um, there's something that I think TikTok, that TikTok users the, uh, and Instagram users as well, they're going to social media for search because some of that greater authenticity, seeing other users recommending products, using products, especially those that are similar to you know, their demographic. While the traditional search engines, primarily Google, we're seeing dominated by advertising uh, and maybe it's harder to get at that sort of the content you really, really want. Um, and I think that will be something that any social media platform that wants to go forward with with search is they've got to keep in mind of making sure you keep the content that people most want when they search for something top uh, top of the top of the algorithm rather than letting it be dominated by advertising. It sounds like there's um, they're innovating in at a pace perhaps that others aren't. And um, I, I was I don't know if you, any of you um, follow Scott Galloway, the NYU professor. He posted a chart recently that showed that teens are spending more time on TikTok than all other social media combined. Um, so clearly it has this engagement. And what is, what is it about TikTok, do you think, that makes it so successful at keeping users engaged? I mean, you mentioned the algorithm. I'm going to kind of mention that because, Rebecca, when you were talking about the evolution of TikTok, I think one of the key things that you said was the authenticity of it. So it's not just the convenience and finding the results that you want, but it's believing that the people behind those recommendations are real. And so I think that's one of the key things that's driving this engagement is that you feel a personal connection or that you see yourself in these people that you're following, but it's the authentic, regular person who's online delivering a message. That and I think we've chatted before about how interesting the comments are. So, as an entertainment device, you can passively just watch and swipe, and that serves the need of, I just want to be entertained, but it also includes that engagement aspect where I can go through and like other people's comments, see if the creators responded back to me, if I had something interesting to say, and just seeing what other folks are saying, and I think that's part of the reason that is successful. Definitely. It is a never-ending kind of cycle of engagement and, and entertainment that you can get through TikTok and kind of piggybacking on both Fiona and Rebecca, what you mentioned. Um, you know, TikTok did kind of start off as a platform to post dance videos um, to different types of music. And it's developed into people teaching you how to apply your makeup, how to fry an egg, how to... Um, use Excel, um, it, it's become, it, 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 TikTok has become like, it has become like a search engine. It's something that people can go to, to get a visual representation of something that they're looking up how to do and also get recommendations on products. I think CPG consumer packaged goods are doing so well on TikTok right now because it's a way for brands to demonstrate their product um, as well as, as show off their product and, and promote it. Um, so it is a, it, it's, TikTok is a big visual representation of anything that you're trying to learn or, or see. And I think that, you know, has a lot to do with this, it, with its success and the authenticity that we're seeing from these creators promoting these products. Um, it, it does, it, it 
gives you a sense of trust instead of just reading an article online. Um, you know, you're getting a face to a product. You're getting a face to a recommendation. Um, and again, you can continuously engage with these creators. You can go back to see a part two of something that they recommended or, um, you know, you can get follow-ups. Um, it, it's very, very great to see the, you know, the authenticity and the trust that builds into the engagement through the app. And Marissa, something you mentioned there about the trust, just real quickly, uh, we published a report recently in the U.S. called Social Media Influencers. So it's not just the platform, but it's the creators themselves that are a lot more business savvy now than they had been a year or two ago, where they just were looking for followers and they thought it'd be fun to get their face online and have people like them. They are going after it for financial uh, gain Mm -hmm. as well. And the thing is, that doesn't diminish authenticity among consumers and followers it's understandable that people should be compensated for their hard work and their content. Uh, but the content creators themselves are thinking about if I recommend this product, am I going to lose followers? Will I, will the benefit of having this brand partnership outweigh you know, the potential risk to my trust among the followers that I have? So it's kind of the two way street that I think that TikTok has helped to cultivate there as well. So, you know, there, we've had social media influencers across platforms since the beginning, but I feel that with the, with TikTok, it's built so that you are inherently drawn to the personality more so than the product off the get-go. And you can see how that personality will evolve over time as well. And I think that's a key draw is that you kind of are growing with some of the creators that you like because it is a, such a relatively new uh, social media platform here for Westerns, at least in the U.S. Yeah, it's interesting how you feel around, Marissa, you both talk about how much how much you enjoy watching TikTok. What, would you, what are you giving up in terms of your time in order to watch TikTok? Television? Yeah, I would say television. I, I use it as a form of entertainment. And I think you could say they're competitors right now or other social media brands, but I really would like to say the case that TikTok is competing against Hulu and Netflix and these entertainment com- companies because it has be- even YouTube um, and Google <laughs> within that. Um, yeah. You know, it's become everyone's competitor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, it, well it, okay, it's an interesting point you make about that there, actually, because of course, you know, yeah, sure, it's competing for uh, advertising dollars with other social media brands, but in terms of time, of course, you know, it fits in with an ecosystem of social media, other social media platforms that are essential for other purposes, like aren't they? So, like Instagram is is key for you know perhaps other types of uh, communication and um, and sharing of other types of things versus TikTok, but they're still competing for advertising dollars. So, wait, so what's trending on TikTok right now? Any uh, insights into that? Right now, I mean, it, it very much depends. Um, everyone's for you page, everyone's algorithm is different. Um, I think what's constant, like right now, I guess what's trending is people saying funny stories in the background of, of music and making rhymes out of it. Um, that's like a common TikTok trend that's kind of going viral. Like a few months ago or last week uh, to a month ago was the corn song. <laughs> people, um, you know, different things can trend at, at diff- any different moment. Um, I would say... You mentioned to me the corn song on another yes. podcast that we did and I went and looked it up and I, I was like singing the song for the next like, you know, week. Exactly. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. Um, but what's interesting about TikTok is like there's different sides of TikTok. So um, Fiona and I mentioned cat videos. So there's like cat talk, there's book talk, there's, um, you know, funny talk. There's like these different in their hashtags. So you can click on the hashtag. There'll be like a whole bunch of different videos in that sense. So I think whatever's trending is, you know, I think trends right now are deriving from TikTok. Um, I could make the argument that a lot of modern day society, um, it has, you know, kind of come out from TikTok um, and developed from TikTok. Um, so what you're seeing trending on TikTok can, you know, correspond into what, you know, Gen Z's are, mm-hmm. you know, partaking in today and whatnot. But there's definitely a lot of different, I guess what, what could be trending on my page is may not be what's trending on Fiona's page or Rebecca's page or your page. Um, so it, it definitely, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it depends. Uh, I was going to bring up one, which will definitely like date this, this podcast and put it in a specific moment in time of whether anyone else has followed it, but the try guys scandal, but yeah, which I think, I don't know if anyone knows, but there are a YouTube group where one big got found out had uh, an affair uh, and it's sort of blown up as a big scandal. But I really put it down to it becoming a bigger scandal than people realized due to the TikTok algorithm where it got discovered on other platforms. And these are primarily YouTubers. But once it got onto that TikTok for you page trending it for loads of people, that is what sent it into not just an influencer scandal, but into a mainstream scandal where like CNN is reporting about it um, in a way that I don't think anyone foresaw. And I really put that down to TikTok, to be honest, like Mm -hmm. really making sure they got on everyone's radar. That's so interesting you mentioned that because that is another thing that while I'm on TikTok, I consistently see is some kind of pop culture scandal um, that can be blown up. Uh, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard case. Um, was I originally interested in it? Not at all. But TikTok, you know, kept bringing me back and I ended up probably watching the entire trial. <laughs> so I think pop culture. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it. it there can be a scandal and it can get blown up on TikTok, like anything on TikTok. Like that's how these trends and everything come into play. It, it can, something can become, you can become famous. Something can become famous overnight. Well, the well, the platform's just so massive, isn't it? You know, I know it's a privately owned company. It doesn't necessarily publish its numbers, but they have revealed they've surpassed a billion uh, users globally. So it's just an absolute beast in terms of um, potential exposure. And I think that's almost like the TikTok, I think one of the primary stories about it has been sort of these unforeseen trends that not only relate to scandals, but to products or say books, like no one expected books to have to, um, to be a market really driven by TikTok in recent years, but it has that like, you've seen sales of books that have been published years ago suddenly explode because they get recommended very organically on mm. TikTok. Yeah. Uh, and that's been a real trend of just not being driven by the companies and the brands themselves, but just the users making something and the algorithm making something bigger than anyone foresaw. Yeah, and, and you know, there obviously there's um, competing for time, there's competing for advertising dollars. And of course, we've got other platforms have tried to emulate to a certain extent what TikTok does with uh, Instagram reels and, and YouTube shorts. Um, although I, my understanding is some, a lot of that is actually originally content, content that was produced on TikTok that gets reposted on some of these other uh, platforms. But 
Let's talk about um, advertising then, and let's talk about what this already means for brands and advertisers. According to Reuters, TikTok's ad revenue is on track to surpass Twitter and Snapchat in 2022. So their ad revenue is obviously on the rise. Um, what industries and advertisers have been the first to embrace the platform? And also, who, in your opinion, is doing it well? I can go back a bit on who was first or among the first. And it was interesting because in some of the research, um, they're kind of big names in uh, food service. So back in December of 2020, before it was really on most people's radar, we saw that uh, retailers like Sephora, you know, Wendy's, everyone's favorite on Twitter, and Dunkin' Donuts, a lot of these folks are recruiting within their company for their employees to be posting videos on, on TikTok. Uh, so they were kind of, I wouldn't say first to market because it had been around for a few years, but that was sort, kind of the start of the hint that, hey, maybe this is more than just, you know, teenagers doing dance trends, that there might be something here to introduce new products. Um, but that was a few years back. And since then, there's been some successes and some misses. And I know we talked about about those before, but I just looking back, I was surprised to see that there was such activity, you know, two years ago before we really took off with it, um, talking about it so extensively. I think uh, the industries that have done really well are a lot you associate with social media and with influencers, you know, beauty, uh, food, uh, technology even. So um, yeah, that's not not surprising and it's you know, mm-hmm. gradually broadening out to audiences not driven by them. If we just want to think of a, uh, a fun example, Brie, again, of like <laughs> very much dating this podcast, but I'm intrigued to know if... Um, this is hit in the US as well. The story of Wrexham uh, and uh, Ryan Reynolds, which is a big story here. Uh, so it's the story of uh, a uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney have bought a fifth division football team. In, in soccer. Uh, yep. Soccer team. Yes, soccer team uh, <laughs> in, the, in the UK. And uh, now that team is sponsored by TikTok. And uh, this is... unprecedented (laughs) at this kind of level of football and it's this unbelievable story it brings together streaming uh traditional celebrity uh sport and tiktok because there's this perfect amalgamation of hollywood comedy along with the unique british culture of lower division football that works brilliantly on tiktok and now they have this big following on tiktok as well as obviously they promote tiktok themselves uh, and it really works the content really works and it's sort of this just sort of very unusual surreal story that is ideal for tiktok <laughs> well i think part of when you said this great amalgamation we've been seeing more and more of like multi-point media where you have the documentaries that are going along with the social media personalities and so i think you hit it on the head but at the root of this group these are entertainers you watch sports to be entertained you know you watch ryan reynolds for entertainment and you know just for personal enjoyment but uh, there's a lot going on there so i was thinking though about what other brands are really you know from a brand perspective and i don't know andrew you have teenage daughters is that right i have a teenage i have a son and a daughter but they're both teenagers you're right okay have you heard of she in clothing yes yeah yeah you have okay so this is a brand that really wasn't on my radar too much because i'm not their core demographic but this is a it is the largest cross-border fast fashion brand 
on e-commerce is that come it's out of China. Um, so it's been around for you know more than a decade, but it really exploded because part of their strategy was to engage social media influencers and send them free stuff so they could try it on and like give you know let their uh, followers find out what they're up to. And they went to micro influencers, not the biggest names in uh, in social media and TikTok's been a huge component of their rise and their success in the West. And I, I don't know if it's Shein that kind of coined the term the hall, but when Shein clothing is cheap, it's fast, it gets to you quickly. It's meant to be like worn a couple times and then tossed away. Um, but you don't just buy one or two items. You get dozens because some of these things are three to $5. So you can get, you know, a dozen items for less than a hundred dollars. So this was your haul. So that was, it was like almost like built for TikTok, built to be, look at all the stuff that I have. And if you think about just the trends, isn't it fun to open things and show things off? We know that's been going on with YouTube, with the toys, uh, air, you know, the toys and games, little kids opening up toys. For some reason, this unboxing has become a huge phenomenon. So I think Shein must have noticed that and tried to like spread that out as much as mm. possible across the influencer sphere. So as a brand, I would say watch that group because again, just explosive growth that really wasn't on people's radar because it's privately owned, no bricks and mortar. So that would be one brand to watch. Yeah. I find all the brands and their marketing to be very interesting. Um, I think you're definitely seeing those unboxing videos um, on TikTok. They're not necessarily marketed as an ad, but technically it, it is one if they're giving the brand some sort of recognition and credit. Um, so that can, you can do unboxing from beauty products and makeup to food to mystery boxes to toys, any, any sort of... Um, item that you can think of. Um, I think, again, with brands, I think, yeah, like CPG brands are doing a really good job. I think brands that are developing some sort of personality, like we see a lot on Twitter, like you mentioned, Wendy's, um, you know, is being funny. Um, You know, we can see Duolingo is a great example of an ad that I think has developed a really great personality over TikTok um, by using their mascot um, as a ways to kind of interact with um, consumers. Um, I also think small businesses have to give TikTok a really great platform. Um, you know, like I was mentioning, a visual representation. Um, you're able to actually see what these small business brands are doing. Um, a, 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 a video can be become viral and, you know, that small business can take off. Um, In terms of like financial services brands, I've seen a few ads from like Fidelity and um, Acorn, like some fintechs. Um, They're doing a really, really great job at trying to bring the younger audience into financial services um, by by marketing to them. And what's really interesting about some of these ads that you see on TikTok is that they really don't seem like an ad. It's not like you're watching TV and a commercial comes on and it's very blatantly trying to sell you something. Um, These ads almost seem like a review. It could be an influencer. Um, Hey guys, I just went for a run and um, you know, I got really hungry and I ate that like, I ate this granola bar or whatever, and it doesn't even seem like an ad, but it is an ad for that granola bar that these brands are promoting onto the platform. Um, so I find it, it really interesting how the ad, the way that brands are advertising now has drastically changed compared to other platforms. Yeah, I do find it really interesting. You mentioned small business there about how that is a way for a small business to really 
grow its uh, its platform, uh, its business there. Um, I, I, so for those sitting on the sidelines, of course, there are many, many brands who haven't even touched TikTok yet, and maybe they shouldn't be even on TikTok given their audiences or however they're thinking about it. But I mean, how should those brands be thinking about TikTok? I think at this point, people need to move, or all brands should be moving beyond this perception of the early days of TikTok and just dance videos. Um, we know it's now an established player. It has a range of content. So, for example, um, the BBC uh, in March 2020, BBC News didn't used to have a presence on TikTok. And when asked about it, they said, because, oh, it's for entertainment, it's for light entertainment, that's not our business. And in March 2022, following uh, the beginning of the conflict uh, in Ukraine, BBC decided, actually, we need to be on TikTok uh, in our news um, uh, context because it is such a, it is a really valuable source of information for people. It is being used in that way. A lot of serious content exists on TikTok as well. Uh, and I think their move uh, onto TikTok at that period shows that there's some misconceptions people still hold over about the platform and what its role can be. And I think that if BBC News thinks it should be on there, any platform thinking it's just for light and any brand thinking it's just for light entertainment should also move beyond that perception which means mm. there's not going to be a brand where it can't be relevant it doesn't all have to be frivolous light-hearted content there is room for that that uh much more serious content uh, and that's the way to engage with that younger demographic Definitely. I would agree with you, Rebecca. I think that there's no product or service that brands cannot be using TikTok to take advantage of um, to market their product. Um, uh, I recently watched a video um, on TikTok and this girl was talking about social media and the trends that she's been noticing and fashion and everything. And one of the things that she said she said, if you want to be successful, you need to be on TikTok, um, which I found really interesting because like I mentioned, I, I feel like a lot of the trends that we're seeing are driving what we're seeing in pop culture, in society and everything. So brands definitely need to take that next step and get on this platform um, and find the voice that works for them and their audience. So, Marissa, I was going to say the voice is the most important thing. Uh, I think so often the idea is here's where the eyeballs are. We are. We need to be there, too. And rather than shifting the advertising message and the way that it's presented um, from different platforms, we'll see the same kind of ad. And that's not going to work. And so I think the most important thing for a brand on TikTok is not to think of it as an advertising channel, but a communication channel. And why would somebody want to listen in this format when there's so much other fantastic entertainment? What makes me stand out? But what is also aligned with my brand identity? And I do think that for some of these brands that maybe don't have a strong a presence. Um, going back to that example I gave from 2020, where you know early on 
brands were encouraging employees to post. And so anecdotally, one of my favorite um, companies on TikTok is a Finnish roofing and ventilation company, not because I need new vents and a new roof, but because their employees are what makes that company interesting. And so hearing their stories and seeing about their products is kind of just becomes an organic relationship that you build with your customer through this platform of TikTok. So for all brands that are not working in TikTok, it's not just get into TikTok, make sure you're there, but understand what it is that people go to TikTok for and don't shift that too much. Don't disrupt why they're on TikTok to push them into a different platform. Um, Keep it entertaining if that's what your brand is uh, or keep it serious if that's what your brand is, but don't try to follow what somebody else is doing in the same path of success Uh, because the worst is to be the watered down second placer. You, You want to be who you are and be known for that identity, not because you're trying to be just like this brand or another brand. Uh, Because I'll tell you, as we know, people online can be very brutal. And um, I'm not going to talk about cancel culture in this podcast, but people, if they don't like what they're seeing or they just, you know, don't enjoy your work, they are not shy on social media to let their opinions be known. So know your identity as a brand. What is it that you're bringing to your potential customers on this platform? Why are they there? And be thoughtful about your approach. Um, throwing an advertisement onto TikTok is not going to work. <laughs> it's going to do more harm than good. So you have to be really strategic about the audience you're trying to reach and the message that you want them to walk away with. Also, an emotional connection never hurts, and especially in this video realm, because you watch because you want to have a feeling. So sometimes that feeling is fun, it's happiness, it's excitement, or it's fear. Um, to the point that Rebecca was making about serious topics, things that are going on in the world, I've learned a lot that I wouldn't have through TikTok. And sometimes it's shock because of some of the things that are happening that I wouldn't agree with. And I think I need to do something. So it's also a platform to um, initiate social movement and to inspire people to get involved. And we've seen that in other social media platforms as well. But I think in TikTok, it's, it's got a unique position, particularly because of the audience that it that tends to attract more of. So um, that's what I would say brands need to be thinking about in mm. their foray into TikTok. Mm, good advice. Okay, well, you heard it here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. In the next episode, you can listen to part two of my conversation with Fiona, Marissa and Rebecca, where we discuss the controversial topic of security and what's next for TikTok. If you want to know more about Mintel, who we are and what we do, head over to Mintel.com, check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts and sign up to become a member of the free Mintel Spotlight community. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye for now and we'll catch you next time for a new episode of Little Conversation. Little Conversation.